Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. I'm so excited to chat with you about a topic near and dear to my heart, your mindfulness journey. Being mindful means to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing, not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. Mindfulness is the act of being intensely aware of what you're sensing and feeling at every moment without interpretation or judgment. Mindfulness also involves acceptance, meaning that we pay attention to our thoughts and feelings, again, without judging them, without believing, for instance, that there is a right or wrong way to think or feel in any given moment. I always found this very hard in the beginning stages of meditation practice or even in a yoga practice that I would think, I've got to stop thinking. And then I'd try to meditate and all I could think about was not thinking. And then I'd think some more and then I'd get angry at myself for not being able to not think. And isn't it funny that it's not like that at all? And It is our job to just be mindful, be present. When we practice mindfulness and self-compassion, our thoughts tune into what we're sensing in the present moment rather than rehashing the past or imagining the future or beating ourselves up for thinking or not thinking. For example, John Kabat-Zinn started the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, the MBSR, at the University of Massachusetts Medical School in 1979. Since that time, thousands of studies have documented the physical and mental health benefits of mindfulness in general, and MBSR in particular, inspiring countless programs to adapt the MBSR model for schools, prisons, hospitals, veteran centers, and beyond. We know that mindfulness helps with reducing stress, anxiety, depression, helps us have less negative thinking, less distraction, improve mood. And I'll give you links to the research studies in my newsletter, of course, so make make sure you're signed up. But truly, mindfulness practice quiets a busy mind, helps you become more aware of the present moment and get less caught up in what's happening and what's happened earlier or what's to come. Many um, therapists, cognitive therapists in particular, and um, psychologists recommend it to patients as a way to help cope with anxiety and depression. It's seen as a very important means to deal with stress. And there are a lot of workbooks on it, um, or even like cognitive Base therapy or uh, various workbooks, and I'll link to those as well if you want to get more in-depth in, in the way that they this can 
be used to help you analyze your thoughts and how you can be mindful and present in the everyday, in your everyday life. So really one can work mindfully, parent mindfully, learn mindfully. You can exercise mindfully and even eat mindfully. We're also told to spend mindfully, which kicked off my year of no shopping um, for myself in 2018, as it was the only way I could think of to curb my mindless spending habits. And we can talk about that experiment later. We don't need to focus on it now. Self-compassion, right? As John Kabat-Zinn said, the best way to capture moments is to pay attention. This is how we cultivate mindfulness. Mindfulness means being awake. It means knowing what you are doing. And I just love this. It's being awake, being present. You know, I'll be honest, I'm not great at sitting and meditating. I've taken so many classes, gone away to be silent at a retreat for what felt like 100 years. I get it. It works so well for so many people. And I I appreciate that. But for me, I've learned that other things can help me be mindful and present, and that works too. Um, One of my favorite examples from a meditation retreat was they gave us one raisin. First off, I was already hungry and probably hypoglycemic. I just say that, but I was really hungry, and we had one raisin. So you've probably heard of it as the raisin meditation And for me, it was so hard. I know that I rush through life. I rush to the next thing so I can get to where I'm going even faster. But yet I miss so much. And the reason exercise, if you ever want to try it, it reminds us how hard it is to just think, just focus on one thing at a time. I would love for you to hear about this. You're experiencing this. You think about the taste, the smell, the experience, the feeling. It's so interesting to see how um, we can create these experiences in our, our lives and develop these scripts about what this means to us. And I also want to say technology, I believe, and I think a lot of other people do as well, technology has made it even more difficult to be mindful and present. We know that researchers have found that multitasking leads to over lower overall productivity. Students and workers who constantly and rapidly switch between tasks have less ability to filter out irrelevant information and they make more mistakes. I... Um, can talk to you from personal experience in that. And also in my favorite book, Flow, by an incredible author whose name, and I cannot pronounce despite numerous attempts to memorize it, he um, talked about the state of pointed awareness, and it tends to arise when a person gives his, his or her fullest attention to a task that they do for intrinsic reasons. That is an activity for your own sake rather than a means to an end. And this activity takes our undivided attention so the mind is totally absorbed in what you are doing. When you are in the state of flow, your entire being is immersed in the activity and 
everything seems to be working together in complete harmony. Flow is a state of meditation, of mindfulness, that you're experiencing not just while sitting quietly, I would like to add, but while being fully and completely absorbed into an activity. In my mind, that's it. Mindfulness is being present, being absorbed all the time. And when our mind takes flight, we lose touch with our body and pretty soon we're engrossed in our obsessive thoughts about something that just happened or we're fretting about the future. And it's in these moments that I have to stop and remind myself to breathe, to feel my body, feel what is happening in my body. I love yoga for its connection to mindfulness and to help me understand how I'm feeling and what I am doing in the present moment. And while I may not practice as much as I'd like or in the manner that I want, most of the time it's now with my children and it's more like body combat or karate-like yoga practice. But when I'm really doing it, when I'm connecting my breath with the poses and being able to be present and focus in on my current experience and the state of my body, I am changed. And that is why I became a yoga teacher. Mindfulness practice changes you. The trouble is remembering to maintain that inner state at all times, even after the mad. And I always told my students and myself most specifically that yoga is not really about what you do or the poses that you do while on your mat. It's the ability to take it outside in the world when you're stressed or just like we had to do, take our little guy to the ER because his temp was high. How do I maintain mindfulness and being present in a state of calm in that moment? And I think this leads us to this idea of mindfulness for kids. Again, the best way to teach your kids to be mindful is to practice mindfulness yourself. They'll learn. They see you. You model it. And I sound like a broken record, but it's true. But we know that simple mindfulness practices done consistently with your children can help them calm and connect to their inner sense of peace and and their bodies. The place within that isn't chaotic or troubled by the latest bully at school or even a mean comment from a sibling or the latest text that they don't understand if they're older. So whether it's a gratitude, bedtime practice, deep breathing, one hand on stomach, one hand on heart, or use of mindfulness apps, most children can learn to pay attention and bring themselves back to a calm place, even in the midst of a challenge they can learn how to calm and recenter themselves in this world full of opportunities to get off balance. I like to use it, um, mindfulness and, and inner calm. I like to use it in the hectic moments of our family life as there are so many at our house. And I really want to help my children learn to calm themselves. It's setting the stage for mindful practices from having chill out spaces and gadgets like watching bubbles pop and, you know, like those little um, fidget spinners and um, little worms that you can 
just anything that you can. We also have weighted blankets and weighted pillows, just anything to help kids learn the tools to calm down, to be successful and be present. And we train their brains over time. Now we've talked about, um, and I talk to my kids about the way that brain works, or at least my oldest son. And sometimes when you're in the lower part of your brain, it's just angry. And you can't ever get that prefrontal cortex to calm down without a lot of work. And we know that the prefrontal cortex does not develop fully until you're in your 20s. So we are giving them the tools so that when they're older, they're able to, to recall this and, and be there and do it. We're training over time. I love it. Um, my children love yoga. Henry is so excited to help me write an ebook, Yoga for Kids. He's going to demonstrate the poses, talk about why and how yoga helps him. Um, and so he has, he, even despite um, you know attention problems and a learning difference, yoga really helps him center and be present even if he doesn't do it often or as often as I would like it, it he truly goes back to it and feels um, successful. So um, I, I to even get started in this, I, I suggest looking up breathing exercises and try them. Take a walk with your child and, or kids and notice the sights, the sounds, the smells, everything around you. And I, I recognize the irony in what I'm about to tell you, but there are some great apps out there. And I'm going to take a screenshot of the apps for Henry and the apps I have um, and add that to the blog associated with this podcast so you can see what we use often um, and that, that Henry, these are Henry approved apps. So one is the Stop, Breathe, and Think Kids. Focus, calm, and sleep. It, they have incredible meditations, and Henry really enjoys them. We, there's also the well-being meditation for kids, which he loves. Um, there's relax melodies. He can put that on and then just calm, lay in his bed. And there, Sesame Street, Sesame Street even is getting into this work. And they have an app called Breathe, Think, Do with Sesame. And so this is too... This is probably like three, four, so it's too old for my two-year-old and much too young for my nine-year-old. But it's I've, I've looked at it and it's it's pretty um, cute. And then there's apps for adults, and I was very interested in the research around the app Personal Zen. And so it's you you focus in on the screen, and there are two um, little faces that pop up out of the grass and you have to choose the happy face and trace the grass, you know, trace, um, I guess the movement in the grass, but Henry loves this and it is an immediate calm for him. And it's like what the bubbles used to do for him. Now this personal Zen is doing apps for adults is also calm. And one of my favorites is Headspace. It's out of the UK. I, I used to use it when it was free and now I think you have to pay for it. I will link to all of these in the show notes. 
So I'm really trying to keep my um, podcast at 15 minutes because I know time is precious and I want to give you the tips and tools that you need in, um, and would like in a podcast in a quick format. So that's so sometimes hard for me because I love to chat, chat and discuss all of these exciting topics. So to end this lovely podcast for the homework for this week, dun, 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 I would love to challenge you to commit to one meditation session for five minutes this week. Do mindful breathing. Take a walk with your family member. Breathe in child's pose or in a yoga pose, in shavasana even. Um, anything to get you to stop, think, and reflect, to feel your body, to feel your breath. And it's just for five minutes over seven at, at, at one time during the week. I mean, you can go more, but you can do five minutes. So I can't wait to hear how this goes for you. I also want to thank you all for spending time with me. I'm so grateful for those of you who have been reaching out and um, joining me in the Courage Calendar Challenge. Don't forget you can subscribe to our newsletter and get access to your Courage Calendar. If you haven't done so already, it's not too late. Remember, we can become who we are truly meant to be by choosing daily and small acts of courage. We can be mindful. We can choose to be mindful in the present moment and enjoy or at least be present to every moment that we get to have. So thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next Monday. Have a great week.